decentralized healthcare and biosensing with Winos. Hello everyone, welcome to join Winos decentralized healthcare and biosensing discussion series. I'm Alice, my webinar host today. Since we have friends all over the world, so I would like to say good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all of you. Welcome. Winos is a biotech company focusing on decentralized healthcare and biosensing. So we would like to connect uh, experts and various players who is currently share some value and working in the field through our regular webinar series. We endeavor to share our latest development in the field and create a value for you, our business clients, and our business partners, and to create awareness and business opportunities to accelerate the development of decentralized healthcare ecosystem. So today, we are very excited to have Dr. Enrico, uh, the CEO at OACP, to be our speaker. He will bring us very interesting, insightful, and inspiring sharing on the topic of decentralized healthcare, a crucial shift of paradigm in the EU to maintain and improve healthcare systems service level. Before we start, allow me to have a brief introduction of Dr. Enrico. Dr. Enrico, as a biologist with a uh, with a PhD in oncology and a medical specialization in clinical pathology at Bologna University. Dr. Enrico is now the CEO of OACP, a biotech company active in diagnostics. He attended and got several awards from business program in China, Hong Kong, the USA, and the EU. OACP now is active in delivering rapid and cost-effective uh, solutions to the world. In the post-pandemic era, they decided to deploy its know-how in promoting the decentralized, uh, decentralized medicine. So today, he will share his insights on decentralized healthcare. Let's welcome Dr. Enrico. Hello, and welcome, everyone. Thank you for having me today. Just uh, let me share uh, my screen so uh, we can start. So, um, as introduced uh, perfectly by Alice, uh, I am uh, the founder and the CEO of OACP, and OACP is a biotech company active in diagnostics, mainly for cancer and uh, in decentralized, in promoting decentralized care. Decentralized uh, healthcare, uh, it will be a very, and it is a very hot topic uh, globally and mainly in the EU and uh, also in Italy, where I'm living uh, actually. And it is a kind of uh, uh, different, completely different way to approach healthcare, especially in, uh, let's say, uh, conservative countries like uh, Europeans one. And just to, to give you an idea, uh, in pre-pandemic healthcare was uh, basically structured following the so-called hub and spoke model where as, a, as in a bicycle wheel, you have a center and you have, a, let's say, uh, surrounded by, by nodes in which uh, uh, people uh, got uh, basic service for the healthcare. To give you an idea what happened uh, and what was happening prior to COVID pandemic, basically samples are collected in dedicated medical facilities that are, let's say, all around uh, cities and uh, just theoretically close to to patients. But what happened to those samples? 
there will be involved, and there is involved, uh, dedicated logistics because samples need to be shipped to centralized labs, and centralized labs process such samples. And then reports need to be delivered from those labs to the spokes, the nodes, where samples got their, their blood, in that case, uh, sampled. And the patient need to go to those center to take back the, the report or to, let's say, link on a platform to download them. This uh, uh, model, uh, let's say, is, uh, is uh, working pretty well, despite of, uh, uh, you know, logistic issues in uh, delivering and bringing uh, all around the cities uh, samples, uh, blood samples that may be uh, sensitive to high temperature, to different conditions, weather conditions, etc. So the, why, why does uh, this kind of model uh, is adopted and have, uh, has been adopted so far? Because it is a cost uh, for cost efficiency for healthcare providers mainly, because instead of having X labs cloned all around the territories, they have just one big centralized labs. And also for the employees, technicians that work in such labs, uh, they have small number of employees to pay. Also, from uh, a clinical point of view, uh, if it, it, have, it is proven that if lab perform a lot number of tests, he got more experience in testing, and then there will be a better test quality and a better outcome. Unfortunately, there are not only uh, pro, let's say, and positive uh, sides of this uh, advanced spoke model because it is an increased time to get results because uh, samples need to travel from a place to another, then need to be analyzed, uh, then it, the results need to be, let's say, moved back again to patients. And basically the healthcare service uh, lose the patient-centric, as they call So uh, patient is becoming more easily a number than a person uh, by splitting the the moment and the action of sampling with the action of testing. System works was uh, let's say stable. It is something that in Europe uh, vary from country to country. You have countries that are better structured, countries that are not so well structured, but the system seamless uh, works until COVID-19. What happened with COVID-19 is that at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, only some of the centralized labs were able to perform COVID-19 tests. And it created a very concern in the healthcare system because as you can see in those picture, you will have a queue of uh, ambulances or of uh, samples or of patients that need to move to centralized labs. So in certain cases, new structures have been uh, say created to supply with the, uh, the the dimension of such labs that are not not enough for performing so many tests at the same time. 
and also is so the systems but to let's say to being able to tackle the demands of increased test number for COVID-19, reduce and take resources from other crucial testing areas like uh, cancer screening test. To give you a number, not only in the US, but in Italy, for instance, we lose uh, almost two years of uh, colon cancer screening, uh, breast cancer screening, uh, almost 95% of breast cancer removal intervention uh, have been uh, delayed from 2020 to 2021. So it is a mess. From a statistical point of view, as you can see, in February 2020 and since November 2020, the number of tests performed over 1,000 people is basically irrelevant, let's say. But once systems started to decentralize COVID-19 tests, the number exponentially grows. So uh, countries that were able to decentralize better have a better and increased number of test capabilities every 1,000 people. Uh, what happened in Italy and in Europe is that uh, all of the small medical small medium and big medical centers that were excluded prior to pandemic in from uh, carrying on tests were allowed to perform tests so they bought uh, machines uh, they train personnel they increase the personnel so now that uh, uh, is not so so clear but it seems that uh, we are at the end of the pandemic uh, such kind of labs are having uh, uh, trained personnel, are having uh, resources, economical resources and spaces to carry on additional and more routinely tests. So, uh, European Union, in this uh, plan to in this recovery plan, is uh, following what is uh, let's say stated from. In, in several also uh, peer reviews papers that uh, um, illustrate the benefits of decentralized diagnostics. Uh, you see a couple of, of referrals for your uh, say reference, then uh, stating this trend. So uh, beyond COVID-19, we will see an accelerated growth of decentralized testing, not only for uh, infectious diseases, but for blood testing, screening testing, cancer testing, etc. But also uh, Roche, let's say, analyzed the, um, the situation and uh, the outcome is that the, to decentralize the testing, improve patient outcomes and reduce healthcare spending. And it is almost the opposite what was uh, evident prior to COVID pandemic. Uh, also, European Union is is pushing this kind of operation by uh, issuing that decentralized medicine and decentralized diagnostics is one of the pillars of the recovery plan. So they are investing a lot of money, especially in Italy, for my direct knowledge, in decentralizing healthcare. So uh, what happened then with the companies and uh, we are also working with uh, Windows. So in the near future, but it is something that it is happening right now, uh, 
samples. So it is not anymore that the patient will go to the healthcare facility and sample will be delivered to a decentralized lab. But the near future is that the sampling will go to the patient, near to patients, and it is within the proximity healthcare centers, within the practitioners' uh, rooms, etc. And samples will be and are processed quickly in the same facility where samples is collected. So sometimes uh, it is possible also to process, process samples while, let's say, patients are still in the facility. So basically there is no more delay in reporting, uh, let's say, uh, reports to patients. And what will be centralized? Cent the centralization will be uh, only related to data. So thanks to the new, let's say, artificial intelligence, information technology, and new technologies that can, uh, let's say, make uh, privacy uh, something that uh, more, uh, let's say, sure than uh, what it is and what it was, uh, that can protect data. Uh, those systems that uh, are, let's say, all around the territories will collect data that will be centralized and uh, uh, those data will be say, given back to patients in uh, open systems. So patients can just log in to their healthcare report or healthcare database and just take back data, if not provided within the same day of the sample. And basically, a faster and affordable result make patient happy. And we experienced it uh, also in our daily company routine because we are working with uh, faster and more cost-effective cancer testing. So uh, basically to try to summarize and to keep open to your question, your thought, the future of the healthcare uh, will be decentralized. It is not a maybe, it is a will be decentralized because we would like uh, to avoid the what happened in the early pandemic period and uh, that may happen with the another future pandemic we hope no but uh, maybe it will be and uh, something that will be crucial it's to turn back to the concept where patients are persons are people are not numbers are not uh, bias are not blood samples. And to come back to this, uh, let I call old-fashioned concept of the healthcare, we make uh, an impact in the, in the li daily life of people because people will be, for people will be easier to be tested, to be screened, to keep their healthcare monitored and to prevent consequences of lack of testing that it is something that it is happening just today. So uh, thank you a lot for your attention. This in the, in the slide, you can find my email if you would like to get in contact with me. You can find also our website if you want to learn more about uh, what our company is doing. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm done. So I'm happy to reply to your question. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, your sharing. I think both OACP and WINOS share the same vision of 
decentralized healthcare. And I believe the collaboration with the both parties would accelerate the decentralized healthcare. Okay, and it's, uh, it's our Q&A session now. Uh, please feel free to type your question below in our Q&A app. Uh, Q&A box. We will help you to bring your questions up to uh, Dr. Enrico. Okay, so um, while everybody's typing, I think I can ask the very first question. So from your strong experience in in diagnostic, if diagnostic services is easier to access for patients, yeah, so far, uh, do you think uh, would a cost for the patients would, uh, they need to pay would be us, would be lower as um, centralized way? Uh, yeah, so it is it is a a, a good question with a, as as always good question as uh, brings tricky replies. Uh, so theoretically, by with the new technologies, we what we we can see it is that it is possible to reduce the cost where where obviously patients are paying for tests, uh, reduce cost for the those kind of tests. Uh, obviously, it depends on the healthcare system. So, to give you uh, some ideas, uh, it is what 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 I see is that it will be up to the let's say professional that deliver test. Sometimes they will use this uh, excamotage to increase their margins by uh, let's make a, let's make patient pay for a better service, or sometimes they can make a, a balance between the margin and the the cost to make test more accessible. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, your answer. Yeah, it is uh, definitely very important to uh, balance between the margin and, and the service. Yeah, and so here is uh, one question from our audience. Uh, it says that, uh, what type of tasks are mostly likely to be decentralized first and what's next? So uh, from a technology readiness point of view, uh, I think that the um, easier to be decentralized are the blood tests. So we are we are still working in decentralizing blood tests, also thanks to the collaboration we have with WinNoth. And uh, in the future, I think that uh, uh, some of uh, also pathogens, tests for pathogens uh, can be decentralized. The, uh, if I can add one point uh, to think about, it's that... Uh, uh, while centralizing tests, uh, we it, uh, it is uh, crucial to maintain the sensitivity and specificity of uh, tests that are now performed in labs, in particular if we will go through the cancer detection test, uh, because uh, the risk of uh, a false negative in a cancer test may have a bigger impact than a, a risk of a false negative in, a, let's say, cholesterol uh, test. So... Uh, the, the crucial will be the, how the technology can be adapted to the centralized test. But uh, for instance, blood tests uh, can be decentralized uh, right now. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree with you. And that is why we develop our um, fingertip blood collection system, Heim, to make people easier to collect their uh, blood samples. Yeah, so um, the, the next question is... Um, hi, Dr. Enrico. Thanks for your sharing. It's good to hear that your company is also devoting to promote decentralized healthcare. In your uh, in your observation, is there any obstacle to do decentralized healthcare in EU or other market like China or US? 
is there differences between those markets and how to break through? Okay, so very, let's say, uh, difficult question. I try to, to yeah. be, let's say, more uh, as much as direct as possible. Uh, so uh, barriers uh, are, uh, let's say, that uh, the healthcare systems are not so prone to innovations, to disrupted innovation. Uh, it is, I know it can be, it, it, it is not a universal statement because mainly in the US or in China, there is a more uh, attitude to innovate than in Europe. In Europe, we are more conservative in adopting innovations. Uh, but I see that uh, following this, uh, uh, it will be the same, uh, let's say, possibilities uh, all around the globe to decentralize healthcare. Maybe where the healthcare is more private related, like in the US uh, or in a system which is a mixture as, as it is in China, I guess it can be easily decentralized. In Europe, it's something that will need a huge uh, commitment from the governments, starting from the EU governments and any regional governments, considering that in EU, any country has its own uh, regulation. And for example, in Italy, we have uh, 21 regions and any region and has its own uh, regulation in the healthcare. So uh, it, there is a, commit a strong commitment that uh, is needed from the governments here in, uh, in Europe. Maybe the same will be in China, but in China, I know they are more, uh, uh, let's say, practical. So if, the, if something needs to be done, it will be done. And uh, in the U.S., it will follow probably the benefits that privates can uh, provide to patients and to their companies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, different countries have their regulation for uh, healthcare, and I believe it's uh, definitely a trend in the future. And the next question is, um, let's, uh, let me go back to the previous one, and it's also about the test. What is your view on decentralized cancer diagnostic tasks? Uh, which one can be decentralized first? Uh, so just for, uh, for the question, so for my experience, uh, so just uh, I, I spent something as 18 years in cancer diagnosis in the hospital. So for my experience, it will be something related to leukemias because uh, it will be crucial in leukemias to provide a faster response, uh, in particular when the recurrence is uh, concerned. So I guess it may be because there is a need. Obviously, uh, breast cancer is important, but uh, uh, recurrence in leukemia may be a critical medical condition. Okay, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for your answer. And here's another question. Thank you for your interesting presentation. Uh, what's more demanded diagnostic tax now? Uh, SARS-CoV-2 excluded. Yeah, so uh, obviously also it depends on the regions. Here in Italy, we can see where we experienced something like 20,000 COVID cases per day. Uh, the COVID test demand is completely uh, reduced because of uh, reducing media exposure. For our experience, uh, it is uh, because of, let's say, the technology availability is more in uh, blood testing. The blood tests are the most, uh, let's say, the hot topic right now. We, we are having some demands uh, also as a company for uh, decentralizing blood tests in, in several, uh, let's say, 
situation where patient cannot be moved to hospitals or for occupational medicine, for example. Thank you. This is really precious insight for uh, for everyone. And here comes our next question. Dr. Enrico, many thanks for your lecture. Compared to centralized healthcare, what will be the incentive for medical professionals and laboratory technicians to embrace the shift of decentralized healthcare? Thank you. Uh, so maybe the one incentive is that, uh, uh, let's say, an indirect, there are two, probably two replies to situation one it's in a, in a physiological situation due to the what the labs or the centralized center already have after covid because they have uh, simply they are they experienced a huge uh, revenue stream due to covid testing that they have to recover with other tests that are not covid tests so they will look for those kind of decentralized tests and not all of those labs have, uh, let's say, centralized machines uh, like Samsung One, like uh, other uh, big instruments for blood testing, etc. The other uh, incentive may be uh, to provide a better service for patients because obviously healthcare is a very uh, rich market, especially in the service, healthcare service providers, and uh, the competition is tough. And if one center can, the first basically medium big center that will embrace uh, decentralized testing, I guess will have a, a nice competitive advantage in the market. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you uh, with the great margin and also the proper equipment. Uh, I think this too would be a great incentive for um, medical professionals. Um, and our next question is that um, he said it was a great talk. And thanks to your insightful speech, may I know what kinds of blood tests will be most popular in the in the future decentralized settings? Could you elaborate more about this blood test? Yeah, so um, it is just my my point of view. I have not, uh, let's say, statistical uh, uh, reviews to 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 show you, but for our actual experience, it is just. Uh, let's say, the basic uh, blood screening with uh, hematochemical parameters like uh, uh, glucose, bl blood glucose, cholesterol, uh, hepatic enzymes, uh, uh, cardiac enzymes, uh, etc. So all of the generic markers that uh, are not requiring so uh, sensitive instruments uh, to perform uh, tests and that uh, allow practitioner or uh, let's say nurses or healthcare uh, providers uh, to have a first idea of the healthcare, the health status of, of patients. So it is the first one. Obviously other tests that can be done uh, more sophisticated, I can see them as a second level test that maybe we remain in labs. And so 90% uh, or 60, 70% of tests that are now in labs will be decentralized the basic ones, and labs uh, will remain as a, a second-level uh, reflex testing for, uh, let's say, highlighted cases that have uh, some parameters that not fit the normality by the centralized test. 
Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for、uh, your detailed answer. I think this will be very helpful for our audience attending today. And、uh, today's webinar we will be posted on YouTube, Spotify, and podcast.、Uh, please uh, welcome to follow us on this platform. And thank you, thank you, Dr. Enrico. Thank you so much again for your sharing today. And thank you all for participating today's webinar.